Station 1460 KXNO Local Talk back on your program for the next uh, couple of hours back on your radio for the next couple of hours. Trent and I have a busy Friday lined up. Lots of NFL conversation. Iowa and Iowa State conversation. We'll give you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons in Altoona. We'll do that at about 11.45 as we do every Friday. Uh, we'll do the two championship games. Plus, Iowa's game against Illinois and then tomorrow's game, Iowa State game, uh, as they get set to host Oklahoma State, who's won a couple of games since uh, last seeing the Cowboys and the Cyclones kicked off the Big 12 season uh, in Stillwater. That went Iowa State's way. Oklahoma State in Ames tomorrow. It's a 5 o'clock tip on ESPNU, but... If you can't be in front of your TV, you can hear the game right, well, down the hall on 100.3 The Bus. Lots to get to. We'll take a brief look back at last night's Big Ten tilt as there wasn't a lot of local stuff going on. Michigan State and Nebraska. Michigan State once again proving that they are, if not the best team in the Big Ten, certainly going to be a very, very difficult out. Big 12 was off last night. They have a full slate of games tomorrow. Trent, you did wrestling last night. Good to see you here this morning um what are you hearing did you have a basketball game tonight i don't think you were doing high school were you no off for uh the weekend got the family in town for final christmas as we uh do with my wife's You're family still doing that yeah every year martin luther king weekend make a three-day weekend and uh half the family up in sioux city they meet here the other half down in st louis and we meet in the middle in des moines and you willingly gave up a friday i mean i would have thought that you would have been no and look speaking for me not like my family yeah I've been doing everything possible to make sure I had a game tonight. Well, I may be doing a game this afternoon, late afternoon, because with the impending weather, a lot of the games are going to be moved mm. up. So if that's a possibility. Not canceled, but moved up. Yes. We, we don't have any inside information. No, that's going no. to be, Although I did just see uh, that some of the uh, central Iowa schools are letting out early because yes. of the snowstorm that apparently has made its way into northeastern, northwestern Iowa already. The snow is starting to fall, so maybe noon, maybe 1 o'clock. By the sounds of things, it's going to be a nasty commute. Going to get clubbed in a good weekend to stay home and watch a lot of sports. Okay. So every weekend like, for you. Yeah, kind of like the other 51 weekends on the calendar, right? Uh, this one will be no different. Uh, but uh, not a great night tonight. Only one Big Ten game that gets my attention. Uh, Rutgers Northwestern, I'll take a pass on that one. Maybe a little live PD. You know, I was thinking about this when I was watching Michigan State-Nebraska last night. Michigan State playing without well, Langford, who's a really good player. Aarons is a role player, nice player, but uh, they, they missed him as well. Michigan State on the road, pinnacle uh, last night in Lincoln. It was Tied with about, what was it, nine and a half minutes thereabouts, and then Michigan State went on a run and, and put them away. If you had to, right now, mm-hmm. if you had to, of the two conferences that move our needle, Big Ten, Big 12, uh, if, you had to, if you had to go out on a limb and predict which a school in which one of those conferences, not knowing how the draw is going to set up, we don't have the tournament bracket in front of us, but right now, who do you think is, which conference has the school that's built to make the longest run as we sit here on the, what is it, the 18th of January? So subject to change, but mid-January, if you had to pick a conference that is going to um, contain the team that goes the furthest, what's, what, where would you lean right now? 
I think I'd be leaning Big Ten, and the reason for it is because there's two. Mm-hmm. There's two teams that can make that run with Michigan and Michigan State. You don't think Kansas, Texas Tech, Iowa State, K-State could, is what you're saying? No, no, not not at that level. Not mm-hmm. Those teams can so play the national a, championship Get game. to an Elite Eight. Well, sure, sure. I, and, and there's more in the Big 12 for that. But I don't think they can make as deep of a run. I think that's how you phrased it, right? That's exactly how I make, phrased it. Made a yep. deeper run. I can see Michigan playing for a national championship. I can see Michigan State playing for a national championship. Mm-hmm. I can't see Texas Tech. No. Nope. Iowa State. No. Nope. K-State. No. Nope. Even Kansas. Uh, not this year. Trent, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it, uh, and you identified the two schools, both Michigan Michigan State. And didn't you say earlier, I think it was last week at some point, you were looking ahead schedule-wise, because Michigan Michigan State's appointment TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully Iowa and Iowa State will not overlap that game because that's a standalone. Don't put the remote on the other side of the room and don't <laughs> even think about changing uh, the dial. And they're going to play twice, but both of them relatively late in the season. I think you said yes. Uh, they'll be playing the final couple weekends of the year uh, of the last four games twice against each other. Is there a tip time for them yet? Is because uh, one of them I would think would be Saturday. Or maybe a Sunday afternoon, because remember CBS gets starts to get involved a right. little bit. Is there a Sunday early afternoon tip for either one of those two? Well, a lot of times the Big Ten kind of has that flex scheduling at the end of the season, so I don't know if an official time is there, if there is flexibility with it, uh, what they're going to do that last weekend. But uh, the first one is on Sunday, February 24th. That has CBS written all over it, doesn't it? Uh, in fact, it's already listed as CBS. On and- what I'm looking at on ESPN.com, it's got CBS listed. And the finale, Michigan State, uh, Michigan. Now there's your flex game. Saturday, March 9th. Right. That's the only one right now, as I'm looking at it, that doesn't have a time assigned to it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're right. They play game 17 and game 20 of the Big Ten. That's pretty cool. Good good schedule making there. Yes. It is a long slog through these. Con- I mean, we get from Wednesday the high of what happened in our state and the four D1 programs winning. And you get right back to it. And it's mm. this weekend. Love and, it. and two incredibly winnable games for Iowa and Iowa State. Oh, I'd be shocked if they both don't put them in the win column, Trent. But if they don't, our conversation changes again on Monday. It does. And on Monday, we're going to be previewing Kansas and Iowa yes. State on Big Monday at uh, Allen Fieldhouse, which is going to be a... I, I, look, uh, they're all they're all big tests in, in the Big 12. And, and Iowa State passed their last one with flying colors, beating Texas Tech at that time, the only unbeaten team uh, in the Big 12. But they've got some work to do in advance of that. And we kind of talked about it at the end of the program yesterday, that I think that uh, for Iowa State's sake, uh, having the game at Hilton is, I think, a huge, huge plus. Well, it is a huge plus every week right. when you play in front of the home folks. But my point being, coming off a win against Texas, Tech, looking ahead to a Monday and a quick turnaround against, um, you know, your rival, and it is your rival. It's a lot of schools' rival, but Kansas, Iowa State have played some incredibly entertaining basketball games over the last couple of decades, and I I anticipate Monday would be no different. But these kids are human, right? Mm -hmm. And they've got a team that they beat on the road to, to lift the lid on Big 12 conference play, and it's you know it's, it's human nature to kind of want to catch your breath maybe a little bit of a letdown. I don't think the home the, the home crowd's going to give them that uh, give them that chance. I think that they will elevate them, and any chance of a letdown, I think flies out the window. Oklahoma State is also coming in 
Three guys kicked off the team. One, one kid who plays appreciable minutes, though, right? And I yes. looked, he scored 12 points uh, the last time Iowa State and Oklahoma State played. Um, Weathers is his last name. I can't think of his first name. He plays, he plays about 20 minutes a game, I think, and scored a, a dozen points against Iowa State back in, the, uh, back in game one of the Big 12 play. I don't know about the other two kids, but Weathers is a kid who sees the floor. And they're asking for tryouts. No. The student population, yeah. Are they really? Tweeted out yesterday afternoon. So, so if anybody, you notice anybody in the rec league, it looks like they got a little bit. Well, isn't how Iowa State, isn't that how they found Brett Culberson? Is that what it was? I think yeah. it was. I Because he kicked at Lincoln, at Lincoln High School. Okay. And I, he, I, I'm pretty sure, it's been a long time ago, right? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure, I got to know him a little bit. He's a really good kid. Well, not a kid anymore, but a really good guy. Um, we crossed paths a couple of, uh, a, a couple of endeavors. Um, but I'm pretty sure they found him on one of those tryouts. Last night is, uh, you could have made your way to Gallagher Iba and tried out for the and team. Tried out for the team. So did they, did they find a candidate and he's on the plane to Ames today? I didn't hear. I didn't hear if they found anybody last night. Right? If they assigned him a number? <laughs> and that'd, that'd be a double zero. Oh, my God. So it's that bad. So I wonder what they did to get uh, you get the uh, the wrath of Boynton. To, to, I mean, it, it broke a team rule is, is what we're seeing. Right. But uh, not not the best time of the year. Look, give them the credit. They've won a couple of basketball games. They they looked like they were clearly going to be the bottom dweller, and they still may, may well be sure. uh, in the Big 12. But I don't want to say they looked hopeless, but it looked like they were going to have a long year. Fair to say? And it's got, just by the sounds of things, just got a whole lot longer. Beat Texas, beat West Virginia and on the And the road. Texas game's a yeah. good win. They look, West Virginia's not very good. No. But you beat them in Morgantown. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to give credit for road wins, and we do because we elevate them a little bit more, you beat West Virginia on the road, uh, good for you. But the Texas one is really nice because this Texas team, they got some guys. I mean, they had a shot, was it Monday against Kansas? Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the ball in their hands with a 20-foot look to win the game, 15-footer to yes. win the game, and it clanked off. Um, at the buzzer, too, which would have been unbelievably dramatic, but it didn't go down. So give them credit for the Texas win. They followed that up with a win uh, at West Virginia and then came back and hosted and beat. Uh, got beat, rather, uh, by Baylor. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, Oklahoma State, I don't think there's going to be any letdown for Iowa State tomorrow. Then we flip the calendar to Sunday, and it works out perfectly if you're a, um, you know, you want to watch everything. It's a noon tip. Big Ten Network. Did I see it's a whiteout at Carver? It is a whiteout, yes. So wear your Aaron White jersey. Oh, that's what it means? No, I don't think so. I, yeah, I got that. Um, you know who started whiteout, don't you? Penn State? No. Oh, I mean, are you taking credit for your no, Canadian not, brethren? Yes, I am. All right. If you look it up Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Go Which ahead. is always to be believed, right? Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? Isn't Wikipedia pretty accurate? I mean, some yes. you can get in there and you can... Edit, edit, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I was going to say fudge it, but it doesn't. It doesn't hold up very long. Whiteout, I'm pretty sure was um, is a Winnipeg thing. That's what they get. They get credit for that. Do they on Wikipedia? Uh well, I just I googled first whiteout in sports. Okay, it didn't jump out right away. Okay, there's talk about Penn State. And when did they start? When did they start that? You know. Uh, nah. Here it is. Okay, I think I found something. The first ever occurred in 1987. Uh, ding, ding, ding. With the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Encourage so. their fans to wear white. This is from a Penn State article, is by it? the way. Wow. Talking about it. 
uh, because Calgary Flames fans were planning red. on wearing red. Yeah, and the Jets wore white. And they have every playoff game. Well, there has the two play- been a lot. Yeah, the two series subsequent. Um, yeah, it looks really good in the stand. But here's the thing. When the, when the whiteout – I'm not going to bore everybody with hockey, but I will finish my thought. When the whiteout first started, home teams used to wear their white jerseys. Yes. When did that change? Well, it's changed twice because when I was in the 60s, when I first remember watching hockey, the home team wore their darks. Mm -hmm. And then mm, 70s, maybe late 70s, they switched to the home team wear their white. And I think it looks better, personally. You like? I I do. Yeah. I do. Um, And then it changed back again. So now, when, you know, last year when the Jets were in the playoffs and the building is completely white, the other teams were in white. It's the opponent. Your team's wearing blue. Anyways, um, that's um, you, maybe you learned something. Yes, little history. Lesson. Little history. Well, we we mentioned Tom Manning coming back to Iowa State yesterday, and lo and behold, it uh, comes out today. We mentioned Prairie Meadows and William Hill on Tuesday. The story breaks on Wednesday. So listen to for tomorrow's news right here today on Miller and Condon. Now we've had a couple. We've had a good week, Trent. Yes, yes. We've had a good week. Always good to hear. And. Good to hear people are listening. Uh, here's what's coming up on the program. Uh, Tom Caker's going to be first. We will uh, obviously take a look at the at the basketball program. But Kirk Ferentz met the media yesterday. By the sounds of things, my biggest takeaway, and I didn't spend, I didn't really go in depth on, you know, every, I was not hanging on every word that mm-hmm. he was saying. But by all accounts, he wasn't real happy with the coach's poll. No, no. I mean, you know, I, 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 and that surprised me. I didn't think that that would bother him, but apparently it did. It now was that in response to a question, or did he just offer that up? And maybe that's a caker thing because he was there. Yes. Do you? So you? Because I, I don't know, and I'm guessing you don't know if it was a, if he was um, asked the question about the poll. Or he just offered that up in his opening statement. We'll have to ask Tom about yeah, that and how sure. it kind of came to fruition and. But uh, throw a little shade at the coach's poll. Yeah, he did. He wasn't happy with it. I mean, that, look, the win over Mississippi State, that's a good win. That's a really good win because Mississippi State's got some guys. And the biggest newsy type item, Davion Nixon. Yeah, he's still in school, right? In school, in the transfer portal. Hasn't been with the team since September. Mm-hmm. But he's still in, isn't but with so he's And school has started up again. Yes. So he's back. Uh, I think Iowa actually starts on Tuesday. Oh, okay, so maybe that's that's not necessarily good right. news at this point um yeah that was that would be the other piece so we'll do that with tom uh john walters the voice of iowa state's a half hour away from joining us look forward to speaking with john uh, again um the texas tech that, that's that's a resume builder folks i don't have to tell you that that is a big big win uh, for this iowa state men's basketball program they've got a chance to uh to pick off oklahoma state and then can you knock off kansas twice in one year in the regular season why not mm-hmm. i mean kansas isn't as Iowa State's got some guys. Yes, they do. Uh, Iowa State's got some guys. We both thought uh, Horton Tucker had his best game in conference play, and I felt the same with Wigington. Although he, I mean, he didn't jump off the uh, the the, uh, the page stat wise, but I thought his athleticism was on full display. And really, for the first time in the Big Twelve this year, I mean, my yeah, yeah, it was his best game. I think I that's think so fair too. to say. Yeah. yeah, Jacobson was terrific. Uh, Nick Weilerbab is having a hell of a senior season. He is. He really is. We talked about him defensively yesterday mm-hmm. and the level that he's playing at. What is it about certain guys, and he's one of them, that for whatever reason, that foot of difference between a, a three-pointer and a long two 
seems to be a world of difference. Yeah. He's he's excellent from 18 feet, but yeah. you move him back to 20, and he's in trouble. Yeah, Kurt Holland at uh, Cyclone Fanatic wrote a piece on that. I think oh, he really? Was, I think he was talking about Wigington. Maybe he was talking about the whole team. Um, yeah, he wrote a piece on that at Cyclone Fanatic, I think, overnight. Uh, they got a great staff of writers over there. Yes, they, they do. really do. I mean, Cyclone fans, I don't have to tell you this. You're, you're really, really lucky. Either that uh, the content that they pump out for free, they do a terrific job, whether it be Gray or Stansberry or Holland or Bloom or uh, Chris. It's quite the staff. That's quite the staff over there. They, so uh, we got that. We got Iowa State tomorrow. Feels good. Are you ready for the NFL playoffs? I, I was talking to you earlier this morning. You don't feel confident oh, which side Ram- you're going to be picking. No, I think, well, I, I think I would take the points in the Rams game. You would. I think so. I think the Rams can beat, yes, I think they will beat New Orleans. If you're asking me to go get definitive uh-huh. right now, I think the, I think the Super Bowl's Rams KC. Rams KC. Rams KC. I'm on the opposite side in the NFC. Are you? You're going to take New Orleans? I'm laying three and a half. I'd lay four and a half. Would you? I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like New Orleans. As bad as they looked early on last week. It's rent the last few weeks. Overreaction, though. And got their feet underneath them now. I just think they're a lot better team right now than the Rams are. The other side, anything that you look at analytically, Kansas City's a lot better football team. Mm-hmm. A lot better. Yep. I'm the, the dichotomy between home and away splits it's are... It's not even close, it's is it? It's ridiculous. Yep. You're talking about a cold-weather game. Tom Brady's played in cold weather, but a 41-year-old that doesn't have the same arm strength against Patrick Mahomes, who's got arm strength coming out of his you-know-what, mm-hmm. yet it's New England. That, that, that's the only, the only piece holding me back in terms of betting. I'm not Kansas City because everything numerically tells me to bet Kansas City. I see Kansas City, New Orleans. Old versus young Breeze against Mahomes. Yeah, I just want the Chiefs to be in it, and I better go wash my mouth out with soap during the break. Yeah, I your Broncos fans are not going to be happy with I you. can't believe I just said that. I don't think I've ever said that in my life. It's You know what? It's not as... It's not as um, I was going to say life and death, but that's not right. It's not as, it's not as, as big of a deal to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Broncos, when it was Elway and they hadn't won their Super Bowl yet in the late 90s, that was... And, and don't forget... My one, as I call him, air quote, we, you know, sure. you're a fan, you talk about we, even though you're not on the team, but you get a lot of, well, we, if we only did this, or, you know, we, if, if this would happen, we would have. Um, that's, I only have one we. The Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets. They disappeared. They, for 15 years, like the Packers leaving Green Bay. Let that, I mean, think about that. That's all Green Bay has. That's all my hometown had. You got good fishing. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but uh, it's a long, cold winter, Trent. <laughs> it's a long, cold winter. We'll take a time out. Tom Caker joins us next. John Walters at uh, t- uh, nine, 1045. Uh, what else we got? We got uh, Paul Allen, the voice yep. of the Minnesota Vikings. He's here, to, what did we say, 1115? Yes. 1115 for Paul Allen. We will uh, pick his brain on the NFC Championship. We'll talk about some of the offseason moves that the Vikings have made and may make in the future. We get Paulie on Super Bowl Friday as well. And then uh, after the Combine and leading up to the draft, of course, the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings play here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. So Paul Allen at eleven fifteen. I think we should put Nick in the same segment, just so we have lots of time for the Claxons. Oh yes, our giveaway. Our again. giveaway eleven forty five. So we'll do PA eleven fifteen. Mm-hmm. Then we'll go Nick Athen Chiefs dot com on Kansas City. Then eleven forty five Claxons. That'll work. So you are New Orleans Chiefs. That's where I am.
Going by the numbers. Mm-hmm. The kind of casino. That's what it's spitting out right now. Yeah, and you don't you don't uh, normally. If you can find a dog, you're going to jump. Yes. You're, you're not a you're not a chalk player. No, I am not. It's, hasn't been very profitable throughout the years. No. Doesn't matter which way I go. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com coming up next. Then uh, John Walters in about uh, 25 minutes from night right now. Trent and I until noon. Glad you're with us. In fact, let me get this out of the way. Uh, it's time to pay your bills right now with 1460 KXNO and EKG Golf. Simply text the keyword pizza to 200-200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's pizza to 200-200 right now. Message and data rates apply. Back with Tom Kaker when Trent and I continue on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Tom Caker at com momentarily. It's kind of weird, uh, Trent Condon. Randy Peterson, about two minutes ago, per Iowa State website, Tom Manning, a teammate with Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell at Mount Union and a member of his staff at Toledo and Iowa State, rejoins the Iowa State football staff as offensive coordinator and run game coordinator. What? Now the, but the plot thickens. Uh-oh. Randy Peterson's subsequent tweet about two minutes later, no one has said that it is official. It's no longer posted on the Iowa State oh, website. Oh, intrigue on a Friday morning. So apparently a little premature posting going on. And dun, dun, dun. Stay tuned. Let's talk Hawks. Iowa State conversation with John Walters in 20 minutes. Pretty good chance it'll come up at that point. Uh, let's get Tom Kakert in here. Find out what came up yesterday when Kirk Ferentz had his first press conference of the offseason. Tom, Trent, Ken, how are you, sir? Doing well. How about you guys? Doing well. What um, your biggest takeaway from yesterday? And I, you know, let me ask you this in the context first of all, because it seemed like uh, Coach Ferentz is none too happy with the coaches' poll. Uh, I was surprised that he mentioned it. Was he prodded? Was he asked, or did he offer that on his own, Tom? He was asked about it. So um, it it didn't take much to get. There are certain things this past year that you could guarantee if you brought up like the cut blocks, which he's went off on about yep. four or five times this year, you knew you were going to get the long extended Kirk rant and the coaches pull thing. Cause I think he just, he's burned by that. I mean, it make it made no sense. I mean, I would just beat Mississippi state. Mm-hmm. Why is Mississippi state ranked ahead of him? Mm-hmm. This doesn't make any sense, but he's not going to vote in the poll. Cause you know, he explained it. I don't watch enough. And that's why none of them should vote in the poll. And, you know, if, if the truth be known, very few of them do, Tom, right? It's it's yeah. somebody in their office. It's an assistant. Well, and here's the other thing. they, You know, those polls, I think the AP poll is pretty legit. I mm-hmm. think writers take the time to, to do it. Coaches don't have the time Precisely. to do it. And you should never – I don't know why any coach would tie – a bonus or anything like that or a raise or an extra year added to a contract, whatever they do to those polls, because they're just that poll in particular, because it's just, you know, it's not legitimate. It's just not. Tom, another newsy item from yesterday was the status of Davion Nixon still registered for classes. 
Uh, Kirk said that he's weighing his options right now. Hasn't been with the team for a long time. Shed some light, if you can, on what exactly is going on and his future. In the transfer portal, it sounds like. I know 24-7 had a report about that. Davion Nixon, does he see the field in a Hawkeye uniform? Uh, good question. We haven't had this much intrigue about a guy named Nixon since 74. <laughs> but well pe- done, Tom Caker. <laughs> I used that line the other day. Did you? <laughs> That's going to be my line. For no, at least it's yours. You're not, you didn't borrow it from anybody. That's a good one. No. Uh, but he, you know, we've kind of reported this out a little bit that, you know, for a while that he hasn't practiced since basically sometime in October, I asked Kirk in Tampa, just kind of point blank, you know, hey, uh, what are your thoughts on him and where is he at and everything? And he's like, yeah, he's a good kid. And we, uh, we're hopeful that we'll get him, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be with us in January. And it was, he just, he always kind of dances around what it is, but it's something to do with, Something that happened on campus. Um, I don't feel comfortable um, going beyond that mm-hmm. because I don't know all the details. But just something happened. And remember, he was already kind of I, I had some restrictions on him going into the year, the academic side of things, uh, and that's why he sat out this year to begin with because they, you know, he qualified really, really late. I think they were just unsure about him uh, on the east side of the river, uh, which is the academic side. So um, I, I think they're just, uh, you know, something happened. He's still a student. He's still enrolled. He's still in the uh, the registration, the registrar's office. You can, you can see that online. He's still a registered student, but he has not been allowed back in the football complex yet. So, you know, if you're Davion Nixon and his family, kid wants to go play football in college, can't right now so that's why you put your name in there the portal is interesting because that doesn't mean you're leaving it just means you can start talking to other people so we'll see if he uh actually goes through with it i think if iowa doesn't um decide to let him back into football he's probably he's gonna leave i mean that's just how it is Mm -hmm. if you're not gonna let him play football then uh, he's going to move on. Mm, Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. Maybe one or two more on the roster uh, after this one, because I want to get this in, Tom, before I forget. Uh, Was there anything that came up regarding spring football pursuant to a... You know, a bus ride to uh, to West Des Moines. Like they, they didn't do it last year, but they had in the past. Uh, any, any news regarding spring football and a potential visit to Valley Stadium? Yeah, there wasn't anything, and we honestly didn't ask, and we probably should have, given that Iowa State kind of you know is not having one right. this year. We probably should have asked about that yesterday, but we were kind of preoccupied preoccupied with who's going to be your defensive lineman this <laughs> right. year, Kirk, because you know he's lost eight guys that you know had. Played, uh, you know, at least played or thought they were going to play uh, this coming year uh, out of the 12 that we had listed. Um, you know, so they're down to like a starting four. And then it's, you know, John Wagner, who was who was redshirted last year, and Noah Shannon, who redshirted last year, and, you know, maybe some walk ons. Because I don't think either of the two guys that they do have signed are probably going to be ready for prime time this year. So, uh, and Kirk was uh, clearly cloudy on his answers on that front about what they're going to do. 
Tyler Lindebomba, during bowl prep, he made the move over to the center position from defensive tackle with the questions uh, losing two starters at defensive tackle. Nixon, is there a chance that Lindeman ends back up on the defensive side of the ball and makes yet another position change? No, I, Kirk was pretty emphatic that he's staying put. So, uh, and and that's the Phil Parker line from Tampa that well, the head coach is an offensive guy. <laughs> <laughs> he took a little slap at Kirk in that one. Uh, and uh, you know the other interesting thing they asked uh, Kirk about the four two five because Phil seemed pretty um, sold on sticking with that uh, when we talked to him in Tampa, and I asked. Kirk about it and he goes well yeah it was really good because we had a, a really good guy that we could put in there and he's going to go to the NFL so Kirk kind of threw some uh, cold water on that idea at least initially he wants to see what it looks like in spring with whoever Phil wants to put in there hmm. uh, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com Tom let's uh, let's switch gears uh, do some basketball Illinois pays a visit to noon tip Big Ten Network has it if you can't be in front of your TV uh, you can hear the game uh, down the dial on a 1040 WHO um, let's go back to the Penn State game no Tyler Cook in the basketball game but uh, a lot of guys deserve credit I don't think none more so and maybe that's unfair to Garza and Bohannon who had big nights but Ryan Creener, Tom, uh, no one yeah. expected him to be, you know, thrust into the role that he is. And if he was, no one really had high hopes that he was going to be able to, you know, do what he's doing. He has such a big role on this team, and I love the fact that he's answered the bell, Tom, when that opportunity presented itself. Yeah, and I, I just—he's uh, a great kid. I've gotten to know Ryan uh, and his family a little bit over the years, and they're just great people. And um, really happy for him. Last year was just kind of. In some ways, and he had that flash at the end of the year with the, the Michigan game at the Big Ten tournament where he scored, like, I think, 14 points against uh, the Wolverines and, and played really well and had some other fun. Northwestern game last year, I think he had 14 in that one, too. Um, but going into the year, uh, you know, media day, I was asking the guys, who's the surprise guy, the guy that's kind of, you're going, wow, okay, he's he's on the rise this year. and. Every guy told me it was Ryan Craner. Mm. Every guy. So um, it's good that now everybody else is seeing this. He's really a skilled player because he can step out and shoot the three. Uh, he's long. And, you know, France talked about that. You know, seven foot wingspan, uh, and he just keeps getting better. And I really like that kind of twin towers look that they went with late in the game too, because Craner uh, with that length can step outside. You know, and if they sag off on the Garza and try to double him, he can just step up and shoot that ball and, and make that shot. So um, good for him, and uh, they needed him because with Tyler out and everybody else, you know, that, that once crowded front court had gotten really thin. So uh, it, was, it was good to see him have that success. Tyler Cook, you expect him to play Sunday against Illinois? Uh, I, mm. I, we'll know more later today. Um having the press conference the concern with him is he's such an explosive athlete and he relies on that and the thing that Fran said after the game is you know he couldn't move side to side he couldn't be explosive so um i, I think they're hopeful but you never know um until he gets out there and here's the other thing you sit him then you've got you know until thursday night to get him completely healthy and it you wonder if it's sort of like the garza situation and some some ways where that Purdue game he may have been able to play but they sat him again mm-hmm. and then 
you know, he came back a little more healthy uh, when he did return. Did you happen to see Michigan State Nebraska at all last night, Tom? I did. I watched some of that. I did. Pretty uh, impressive, a, right? Yeah, they are. No uh, Langford, no Aaron's. Yeah, it's just it's weird because you look at that team and you go, "Boy, this isn't really like the vintage Michigan State team, but it's kind of a vintage Izzo team. It's just a bunch of dudes that just play hard, tough, and." They don't have, you know, the Jaron Jackson Juniors or the mm. Miles Bridges this year, the superstars, but they've just got this collection of guys that just play really well. That, you know, if if Iowa gets past Illinois on Sunday, um, that's just shaping it. That's a top 20 game on, on Thursday night, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I would think, right? Yeah. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, you know, I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and then you got Michigan coming in the following Friday. Yeah, I, you know, I, that's that's what, one, uh, two weeks, two weeks from today. Yeah, two weeks from today. Yeah. Um, Trent and I have been bantering back and forth regarding this. I think it's going to be really successful, a Friday night at Carver. Um, yeah, it remains too. to be seen. I just think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a hit, Tom. I, I hope so. I, I think it's got a chance to be a pretty... Uh, cool thing, especially, you know, Michigan very well could come in, uh, you know, if they get past, I, I know they play Wisconsin on Saturday uh, up, up at Wisconsin, so that'll be a tough game for them, but, um, you know, they could very well come in to Carver Hawkeye, number one in the country. Illinois, Trent Frazier's excellent, and now they got a freshman that has been playing incredibly well, Io Dosumo. I think I got it right. I think you do, yep. Tell us uh, a little bit about this Illini team. I think points are going to be scored to the highest scoring teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. And you know what a friend of mine told me? Uh, you know, uh, he said, uh, "I'm glad Illinois got that win out of the way because mm, they were due." That's good <laughs> so, point. Yeah, uh, um, you know, because they were going to get somebody. I, I just figured it would be in Champaign. Um, yeah, they've got a, a really nice collection of guards with Trent Frazier, who's in a little bit of a slump but kind of shot himself out of it a little bit uh, the other night, along with everybody in an Illinois uniform against Minnesota. Uh, Desumu is just coming on like gangbusters. I think he's got the potential to be a one-and-done. He was a five-star kid out of Chicago. Um, and he's got length and athleticism, and he can shoot a little bit. He's a little inconsistent in that area. But then they've got, um, you know, uh, Aaron Jordan's a really good shooter. They've got uh, this Belize kid who's a Juco who's, really quick and get to the rim. They've got some elements that that tend to cause Iowa problems, uh, but they don't shoot it particularly well uh, overall as a team. And their front court, uh, they just don't have a lot of size. I mean, they're starting 6'6", six, six, Kip, Kipper uh, Nichols at, um, mm. uh, at power forward. So Iowa could have a real edge there. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, thank you. We will talk to you next Friday. Okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Last look at the Hawkeyes. We'll take a timeout. We'll do similar to Iowa State with the voice of Iowa State. Uh, Chris Williams, according to a source that Chris uh, spoke with, this is on Twitter, Tom Manning is coming back to Iowa State. University has not made it official yet. He plans to be in Ames next week. Unsure of what the exact role will be, that stuff will be figured out in the coming days. So, Tom Manning, back um, at Iowa State after one year in the NFL. That first year, what he did with the offensive line from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, and they need it. Uh, this, this is a group now that returns all the starters. 
that offensive line needs to take a step forward. And Manning, I think, is the guy to do that. We will take a timeout. We come back. John Walters will uh, talk Iowa State with Trent tonight as we continue. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Get the latest sports news and opinion all day from your home or office with Alexa. Just say, Alexa, play 1460 KXNO on iHeartRadio. That's Alexa, play 1460 KXNO on iHeartRadio. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon take you until noon of NFL uh, heavy final hour of the program. Paul Paul Allen, voice of the Vikings. Uh, Nick Athen, ChiefSplits.com. Then we'll give away the barbecue based on the two conference championship games as well as Iowa State's tilt against Oklahoma State. Likewise, Iowa's tilt against Illinois. Let's get John Walters in here as we recap or go back to Texas Tech to Lubbock and look ahead. But first, uh, just real quick, uh, John, a lot of smoke surrounding Tom Manning making his way back to Iowa State, a move that I would think would be universally um, loved, maybe. I don't think that's uh, too over the top. Uh, Tom Manning meant a lot to this program, and apparently he's making his way back. And out of the loop a little bit this morning, Ken, because I've been running around getting basketball interviews, so I haven't heard anything official. But if that's true, I'll be excited because uh, I certainly like Coach Manning. I think he's got a great personality and uh, uh, a great touch for this job. And so, you know, we'll see. I, if that's the case, then then terrific. But uh, um, those, you know, those Mount Union ties stay pretty, yeah. pretty close together, and. Uh, you know, there's another Mount Union guy, certainly uh, under Coach Karras, that um, is is very well connected with Coach Campbell. So, um, if that becomes the case, then uh, I'll I'll be celebrating. Yeah, I just want one one more on this before we get to basketball. Just as an aside, sure. uh, being at the Liberty Bowl last year and listening to Haycock and and Manning at their joint press conference in advance of the game, boy, he sounds like a head coach in waiting. He really talk. I'm talking about Tom Manning. Uh, he's really he just sounds like he's about to, one. One year and not too many years down the road, this is a head coach, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I'm, I've always felt that about him, and uh, and I think a very intelligent guy, a very well thought out guy, good relationships with the players. So, um, yeah, I could I could certainly see that being the case uh, down the road in his career for him sometime, and. Uh, and again, if he's coming back, I'll, I'll be I'll be really thrilled about that. Let's go. Uh, well, let's go back uh, to uh, Wednesday night, Lubbock, uh, coming off two straight uh, losses. Um, you know, the Baylor loss, the K State just uh, late uh, late uh, games that didn't go your way. Texas Tech was unbeaten. John, I have to remind you of that the building was banged out, and Iowa State played their best game. I think their best game in conference. I know they got the win over Kansas. I can't tell you how impressed I was. Horton Tucker was terrific. Wigington, I thought it was his best game in conference play. Jacobson was great. Weiler Babb was his usual self. Uh, when you're going to beat an unbeaten team, a top ten ranked team, you need everybody going the same way, and they sure were on Wednesday. Yeah, it felt that way to me too, Ken. I mean, I was impressed. Uh, that first half was just a clinic offensively because nobody scores 41 and a half against Texas Tech and does it without turning the ball over, especially on their home floor. I mean, there's games where they don't give up 41. So um, that was just a really impressive first half, ball movement and getting, making the extra pass and getting guys open looks. And, you know, and even even though they didn't really shoot the three all that well, even in the first half when they were clicking, you know, I mean, they could have easily had a 50-point first half if a few of those threes had fallen and then, 
Um, the second half, I think they just kind of had to gut it out. You know, you knew Texas Tech would make a few adjustments and, and really kind of make it more difficult for them to close the deal, but I just think they showed a lot of heart. And, you know, when you're, you're in that situation again where you're going to be in a lot of close games, there's going to be a ton of games in conference play that are going to come down to the final few minutes. Can you make a play or not? And, you know, you watched a seven, eight point lead there slip down and they, they got pulled even. And then Nick Wiley-Bab rose up and made that big jump shot from outside the free throw line. And a minute later, you know, Shaq and Jacobson are making a great defensive play at the other end, create a block shot, a run out. Wigginton gets the layup from Halliburton, who for a freshman I thought was very aggressive in that situation. Loved it, you know, and got the lead back up to four and, and then found a way to close the deal. But that was a big-time win. I mean, you're right. Not many teams go in and, and beat that team. Amazing, Coach Prohm's now five and one against Chris Beard. I mean, Chris Beard's record against everybody else is ridiculously good, and he's one and five against Coach Prohm. So he's got a few things figured out in that matchup, but um, certainly that was a, a great win. And I agree with you that it was it was their best performance of the season because it was under pressure, you know. And, mm-hmm. and the Kansas game um, didn't didn't carry quite as much pressure. You were coming off a win, you were playing at home, you got out to a big lead, and kind of coasted in. This was different. This was 40 minutes of intensity, and uh, being able to answer the bell was really big. John, uh, we await the return of Cam Lard coming back, but in the interim, George Conant, it seems like suddenly he's gaining some confidence out there, and he's given good minutes backing up Jacobson. Yeah, I agree, and, and the thing about it is it, it really isn't sudden. I mean, he, he's been playing well all season long. It's just that when Cam came back and Solomon Young had come back from injuries, there just wasn't spot, you know, room for four post players in that rotation. And so um, George, by default, was kind of the guy that got moved to the bench and only played one minute in the first three conference games, and that was just the mop-up minute against Kansas. Um, but, man, he was ready when his opportunity struck and played really well against Kansas State, and I, follow, I thought followed it up and played really well against Texas Tech as well. So, you know, he's a, a really good quality guy. And I think he listens, and he's a he's a team guy. He doesn't, you know, get caught up in his minutes and his numbers and all that kind of stuff. He just wants to win, and he fits in really, really well with this group. And um, they love him. The coaches love him. They feel like he has a terrific future. He knows he has to gain some weight, you know, and uh, he gets it. But he's going to get pushed around some uh, on the block uh, at this level. But he's going to stand up to it. And and he's a good shot blocker with terrific sense of timing. And so. I think there's a real role for him in his future at Iowa State. I'm excited about George Condit. John Walters is our guest. John, uh, I love that the fact that uh, Saturday's game is uh, in front of the home folks at Hilton. You know, you're coming off an emotional, a big win over Texas Tech. Monday, you're back at Allen Fieldhouse to take on Kansas. Uh, a trap game, letdown. Uh, I think that, you know, if this game would have been on the road, and I know they don't play three straight games, but you get my drift. The fact that, you know, that this is an Oklahoma State team that they've already beaten, that you look in the standings, they're toward the bottom. But the home folk, I don't think, are going to let this team fall into that trap. I expect a big effort on Saturday. Well, I hope you're right, and I, I think Iowa State will be ready to play. I think a lot of times the danger with games is just looking at them from, you know, kind of one side of it and, and, and the Oklahoma State thing that I think is the intangible that's going to have them really ready to play is that they faced some adversity this mm, week. Sure they did. lost a home game. They had three guys kicked off the team a couple nights later. Um, sometimes teams circle the wagon. And, 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 you know, in a short period of time is when you usually see that effect. Over the long haul, it'll probably take its toll, and they're probably not going to have a, a great one-loss record when it's all said and done. But in the short term, when those kind of things happen, 
um, and you've seen it happen many times in college athletics. Teams kind of circle the wagons. It, it draws guys closer together, and they can come in with a real inspired effort. So, you know, I think Iowa State's going to take a good shot from Oklahoma State. Hopefully they can withstand it. I, I do think matchup-wise it, it favors Iowa State in this game. Um, and, I, and I agree with you that the home court can certainly make a big difference, especially after losing the last home game. I think that's, you know, the wake-up call that you just can't take anything for granted in this league, and I don't think they will. One more uh, from me on the basketball front before we let you go, and it deals with the quick turnaround. With Monday looming, big Monday, a road trip to Kansas. Obviously saw him just a couple of weeks back. Does uh, Coach Prome do anything different with these quick turnarounds, anything that they do working to implement things, and especially with an opponent like Kansas on the horizon? You know, I think so much of it, Trent, with the fact that you have faced him before, uh, the fact that you know their personnel so well, um, it, it makes the quick turnaround not as big of a deal. Um, it's a short flight. You know, we'll go in there on Sunday. It won't be like a real long trip where it's drawn out um, later on, uh, late game on Monday night. Um, but, I, you know, you're going to have to go execute and play really well to beat them on their own floor. They're a much better team than when Iowa State faced them the first time. Uh, I think, you know, the addition of the young man from Kansas City that's been really made an impact that they pulled the red shirt on has changed their team quite a bit with his athleticism. Um, and, and they're playing really well right now. So, um, you know, Iowa State's going to have to go in there really charged up and ready to go. Uh, and the key to that, as Ken mentioned, is, you know, take care of business on your home floor. If, if you're coming off a real positive feeling at home against Oklahoma State, I think go in there with a ton of momentum and feeling really good about your chances. But uh, you got to take care of business at home first to make that a reality. And so, uh, it, yeah, it's that time of year where it's a grind and uh, lots of games in a short period of time. But, um, you know, that's true for Kansas all the time. They play about seven big Monday games a year. <laughs> and so they're so used to these quick turnarounds that it's not a big deal to them. But it's it's going to be a big deal for Iowa State. They're going to have to be ready for it. You know, John, last thing uh, before the music plays here. I, you, you've been there around Fieldhouse dozens of times. I don't know if you had an opportunity to watch Kansas and Texas on Big Monday this past week with, with Holly mm-hmm. Rowe taking the audience inside uh, into the bowels of Allen Field. I thought that was great TV, John. For somebody who's never been there, uh, for most of the audience who was watching on TV, just to get a look you know, inside that historical venue, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Holly Rowe and great TV are, are things that really? together a lot. Yeah. She's really, really good. And, uh, and I thought that was, that was really cool the way they did that too. And it is an amazing place, you know, and, and it's my favorite place to go. Um, it's an old, you know, it's like the old Comiskey Park. Just mm-hmm. put another layer of paint on there, another mm-hmm. coat of paint on everything. Uh, there's about 500 coats of red paint, 500 <laughs> coats of blue paint on those stands. But you know what? I, I love it, and it, it's the best challenge out there is to go try to win a game in that place. And Iowa State's had more success than any other Big 12 opponent doing that. Um, so another another great opportunity on Monday night. Great, John. Thank you very much for what you do for us. We'll talk to you down the road. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. John Walters, voice of Iowa State, as we wrap up our number one. Busy football hour coming up. Paul Allen, voice of the Vikings. We will get him to opine on the NFC Championship game. The Vikings saw both of those teams. Both of those teams beat the Vikings this year. Also get the uh, latest off-season stuff on KXNO's NFL team. And then Nick Athen, ChiefSplits.com, previews the Patriots and the Chiefs. Miller and Condon until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.